0: Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some extreme pool issues or mistakes that can happen out there, and I've seen most of these personally, and I hope listening to this podcast will help you to prevent some of these mistakes, which could cost you thousands of dollars, and of course, maybe a full remodel of your pool in some cases, or replastering. So I think you should take heed to some of these things that I've seen out there, and be really careful with your investment. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service, save time and money, and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Your investment being a very expensive body of water that's in your backyard, if you're putting a pool in today in Southern California, in my local area, Just for a 15 by 30 white plaster 6 feet by 3 feet deep or 3 feet to 6 feet deep, I should say pool with no decking, just the coping. With standard equipment, you're looking at about $120,000 for the build, which is an incredible amount of money. So if you have an older pool and you need to remodel that pool or replaster it or resurface it, it's going to be a lot more expensive maybe then what it costs to actually put that pool in in the first place entirely because of the rising costs of the constructions and the fees and all that. So you want to be really careful, as I said, with your investment because the pool now is an investment. It's no longer a backyard fun place. It's a part of your investment portfolio in some ways because of the cost of having one built and remodeled. Here's one mistake that I see very often, and this is something that Can happen with inexperience or maybe a duplicate kind of service. And what I mean by duplicate service, sometimes the builder is doing something to the pool and then there's a startup person or a pool professional who is normally doing that pool and they duplicate what they're doing. And I've seen this happen where the pool has very low pH and this is something that is very damaging to the pool equipment as well as the pool surface. I don't know how this happens sometimes. I'm Assuming that it's a duplicate kind of thing where someone puts the muriatic acid in, someone comes after and does it, or someone's not measuring it properly, or they're just overdosing the pool. But I've seen brand new pool builds where the plaster starts to turn black because it has the copper from the heat exchanger, from the heater, bleeding into the pool water. Of course, the heater is ruined, and Pentair is really big about this. They will void the warranty on their heaters if they see this happening. You know, if you call Pentair and say, "Hey, my heater's my brand new heater's not working," they send someone out there. They open it up and they see that the heat exchange has been compromised because of low pH. Your warranty is void at that point. So, low pH for a week or two weeks is very damaging to a plaster pool surface. Probably not as much so to a pebble tech pool surface, and it is very damaging, of course, to other pool surfaces like fiberglass. So, you want to make sure that you don't have this happen to your pool or your investment, I should say. And I would advise that the pH should not get below 7.0. A lot of testers can't really distinguish it when it gets into the 6s, so you could be at 6.0, could be at 6.8. You can get be in the 5s even in some cases. Of course, if you have a photometer, it can go into the low range pretty well, but if you're using like a Taylor test kit, you really can't tell. I mean, it's going to turn, of course, very light on you. Normally when the pH is high, it's going to be a darker pink color or as a magneta. And when it gets really low, it's going to be really light. And so you want to make sure that the pH doesn't drop low in the pool for an extended period of time. I mean, one day it's not going to really do a lot of damage, but I've seen it go on for weeks. And I've seen, you know, some of this copper bleeding out the return lines, making a dark plaster pool darker at the return line area. I've seen the black marks on it. It's hard to tell sometimes with a darker colored plaster pool, but certainly it's going to cause problems for your pool. You're going to have to maybe drain it, acid wash it, sometimes even resurface the pool if it's really bad. So the pH is critical, and low pH is one big problem that you want to avoid. Another problem that's kind of associated with this, but it's not really—it's just something that can stain your pool. And I've seen this also, where if a lot of dirt gets in the pool, and especially now that we're having a lot of rain in Southern California. Probably more rain in the last two years than we've ever had before. When dirt gets in the pool, if you're not if it's not vacuumed up within a few days, sometimes it can actually stain the plaster because there's a lot of metal metal ions and things like that in the dirt itself. And when it gets onto the plaster, and I've seen the beautiful white plaster pool that was just built like a month old. I don't know what exactly happened, but I took over the service for this pool. And then had these stains on the bottom. And it was because they didn't vacuum the pool. They had no cleaner. It was just sitting with dirt on the bottom. And I'm not sure why they were proactive enough to clean the pool during that month. But whatever happened, maybe they fired their pool professional and they hired someone. They didn't hire anyone for a month trying to do it themselves. But they never vacuumed their pool. And so when I vacuumed the pool for the first time, their white plaster pool was pretty much ruined because it had staining from metals. I tried some topical treatments, of course, to get it off, but ultimately they will have to drain their pool and acid wash it to remove some of the stains caused just by the dirt being on the bottom of the pool for a month. So not vacuuming dirt out you know, in a proper amount of time is a problem to the pool surface because, again, the dirt has contaminants in there, and it's a good idea to get them off the pool surface. An automatic cleaner, of course, is the first thing I think about. You know, a suction side cleaner or a robotic pool cleaner to take that dirt off the bottom on a daily basis would be logical, and this will save you a lot of headache and staining of the pool. So dirt can be a big issue if it's not vacuumed out of the pool, and most sites, if you go to, say, maintain your pool by vacuuming the pool every week, and I think that's a critical thing that you you have to do. You can't let your pool just be filled with dirt and not vacuum it for a month or two months because it's definitely going to stain the pool surface at that point. Speaking of pool surfaces and being burned, 3-inch trichlor tablets are a big culprit in burning the pool surface. If you have tablets in a floater, as time goes on, that floater ages and wears down, plastic deteriorates, and I've seen many accounts where the bottom of that floater just comes right off of it, and the tablets drop right into the pool onto the bottom. Now, you may not think it's a big deal because it's a chlorine tablet in you know, just Not something that people think about, but actually it has cyanuric acid in it also, which which means that the pH is really low. I think it's below 4 on the pH scale. So what's going to happen if a 3-inch trichlor tablet sits on the bottom of your white plaster pool, color plaster pool, pebble tech pool for a week, you know, fiberglass pool, which you shouldn't be using trichlor tablets in a fiberglass pool, by the way. Usually your warranty is voided if the builder finds out, the installer finds out using trichlor tablets in there is that it's going to leave a nice moon shape, half moon shape, or even a full circle burn on the bottom of the pool. That's because the acid in the tablet will burn the pool surface. So it's really important that you make sure that if you have a floater, that you inspect it often. If you do pool service and there's a floater that you're suspecting this may may be a problem, replace it right away. I always thought that they should make these floaters a little better. You know, I would If I was manufacturing one, I would put two bottoms in it so that there's a dual bottom in case the bottom starts to crack. You have a a backup bottom. And then the top kind of locks in kind of weird and and kind of cheap in these things, and they'll snap off over time. And I've seen many of these floaters actually flip over with pool use, and the tablets fall out of them because the lid's not on there secure. So I would replace the floater annually. They're only like 15 bucks and just put a new one every year. This will avoid the problem of potentially having a trichlor tablet fall out and then stain the bottom of your pool. So I spent a lot of time talking about staining of the surface because I think it's important. And staining of the surface can ruin the pool and cause you to have to actually replaster the pool or redo the surface or drain and acid wash it at the least, which is going to cost anywhere from eight hundred to thousand dollars. And you just want to avoid that by being really diligent about watching the pool stains and I'll end with one last one that I've seen on two occasions. So it's probably happening all over the place multiplied and that's kids playing with battery toys in the pool. Now there's of course pool toys that you can get the store, but a lot of kids like using maybe their Nerf guns with the batteries in there, or maybe your remote control car falls in there, but whatever the case is, a battery at the bottom of the pool is a bad thing because if it gets to the deep end, it usually will roll down to the deep end the pressure from being down there, and there is pressure because if you ever to dive if you ever dive down into your pool, even at six feet, you'll feel the pressure on your ears. That battery is gonna explode probably within a day, being on the bottom of the pool, and then all the acid that's in the battery will come out, and it's gonna make a really bad stain on it's gonna make a stain that won't be you won't be able to remove, even in some cases with an acid wash, because it really gets into the plaster and burns into it like an explosion basically in the plaster and it can be quite large. I've seen some of these battery explosions be six or eight inches in diameter. So definitely make sure that if your kids are playing with pool toys that aren't pool related, maybe a Nerf gun with batteries or a remote control car that they're using on the bottom or whatever with the battery in there, just to make sure that doesn't get, that doesn't get into your pool because the battery exploding on the bottom is something that just is hard to cure and it's something that I've seen on two occasions now over the years, where kids are playing with toys that shouldn't be technically pool toys. One thing that a lot of inexperienced pool professionals may do, and this is for Arizona, Nevada, California, the high desert, is drain a pool when the water when the air temperature is ninety plus degrees, which sometimes is unavoidable because you're in a really hot region. And if you drain the pool in really a hot day, like hundred degree weather. There's a chance, and this can happen, and I've seen it happen on a few occasions, where the plaster can actually chip from the sun. Once you refill it, you're going to see some plaster chipping off the step area, or maybe an area that's older in the pool that wasn't, you know, maybe finished properly. But you don't want to drain a pool when the air temperature, you know, during the peak with the pool empty, the sun hitting it is going to be over 90 degrees. If you do drain a pool in the hot region, I suggest drain the pool at night. So put the sump pump in at 7 p.m., drain that pool down. Sometimes the air temperature is still 100, but the sun's not like hitting the pool at that point. And then if you're doing an acid wash, I would say start at 5 a.m., start filling that pool up right away, and that way by the time the sun hits it during the peak of the day, it's not going to be a problem. But I would just you know recommend draining and acid washing pools in the off-season so anywhere between January and March, and then maybe, you know, in my area, it's still hot in October, but I would say October through the end of the year would be the ideal time to drain it, or find a week where you're going to have mild conditions where the high temperature won't be over 80 or 85 degrees, because what can happen is the plaster can be compromised, especially an older pool, maybe 10 years old or so, if you drain it and leave it empty, and I had this happen on my customers. One of my customers drained their pool because they had some rebar. Popping through in certain areas, and so they hired this company. I'm not sure where they got this company from, Uh, I don't know the name of the company, but they drained the pool and then they took forever to do the rebar repair. I mean, I'm talking a week and a half, two weeks. It was pretty hot during that time, it was probably in the 90s most of the time. And then when the pool was refilled, sure enough, I noticed that the step area had plaster chipping off. The area where you know maybe it was a corner, I think that had a big chip coming off. And that's because basically they left the pool empty for a week and a half while they're doing this repair in really hot weather and the plaster was older and it just became compromised. So a word of caution, if you're doing a drain and refill or an acid wash or a chlorine wash, don't do this when the air temperature is in the nineties, because there's a possibility that an older pool, the plaster, can be compromised and it's going to be a whole other mess for you to deal with. So just don't do a drain in really hot weather. And of course, this leads to pool pop-out or pop-up. And this is something that's pretty rare. And this is when the water table is really high, when the groundwater is really saturated with water. And that's due to hydrostatic pressure. And hydrostatic pressure is basically when the pool is full of water... It pushes everything down into the dirt because it's pretty heavy. Now, if you were to drain that pool, it makes it lighter, so to speak. It's still pretty heavy because of that cement and rebar. But if the groundwater is saturated, and this is like six inches of rain in one hour, or if the ground is really, really wet, and I've never seen this in California, by the way, just so you know, but it could probably happen with the amount of rain we're getting now with the pop out, but the pool is really heavy, so I wouldn't worry about it if the ground is dry. And this only happens in areas like Florida. In fact, in some pools in Florida, they have hydrostatic plugs where you can actually pull them out of the pool surface itself or unscrew them, and this will release some of the hydrostatic pressure. But it's not something to really worry about. Now, the only pop-out I've ever seen here in California was a fiberglass spa. It was in a deck area. And it was in the ground, and it was being drained because they were going to wash it and clean it. And there was a big rainstorm. I'm talking in California terms about three inches of rain within like two hours. And that fiberglass spot did pop out of the dirt. Fortunately, it can be easily reset because it's just a really light fiberglass spa. And it's something that can be done. But if you have a 20,000 gallon pool, that's gunite, cement, you know, plaster, however you want to refer to it. And it pops out of the, out of the ground. It's not quite as easy to set that back into the ground. And it's really expensive Fortunately, if you're a pool pro, you can get insurance to cover you if this were ever to happen to you, which has never happened to me, or no, nor anyone I know in Southern California, but there's a possibility, a very small percentage, really low percentage this may happen. You can get liability insurance through the SPPA.com, or spa, the SPPA.com, and that protects you for pop out if that were ever to happen to you, but the ground has to be extremely saturated with water. We're talking like five or six inches every hour. And the pool has to be empty, completely empty. Of course, the rain fills the pool up somewhat, but still you have to be very careful that you don't drain the pool in heavy rains and you don't leave the pool drained during heavy rainstorms. That could cause a problem. So it's something that probably is not something that's going to happen in California, but area dependent, it can happen. And it's probably more prevalent in areas like Florida, where most of the homes are built on marshland or the swamp, as some people call it and it gets really saturated with water, and they do get a lot of rain down there compared to us per hour. But it may happen in California, because like I said, we're getting more rain than we've ever gotten in the last two years. So keep an eye on that. And the easiest thing to do is never drain a pool when you're getting heavy rain, and you should not have this problem, nor never drain a pool into the ground area around the pool, like the the grass area or dirt area around the pool, because that can create the same phenomenon because you're draining 20,000 gallons of water right into the soil around the pool. A very dangerous situation is when you deadhead the return of the pool, and this has happened to be on a few occasions. I can't say that it was my fault all the time, but there was one occasion where it was my fault, but I'll go over the two occasions where it wasn't my fault. The first one is they the Jandy Valves have a safety tab on them. If you take the black handle off the valve. In fact, all the valves have the safety handle, but if you take, except for the Ortega valves, I don't think they have this, but they're really old, but the Jandy valves, Hayward and Pentair, there's a tab on there that you can't over-rotate the valve, but sometimes if a customer were to turn the valve really violently, that tab will break off the back of the Jandy handle, and that's why whenever you get to a pool where the Jandy handle, the tab on the back is broken off, and a customer can over-rotate that valve, there's a danger of them deadheading the return line of the pool. What happens in this case is that the pool turns on, the 1.5 horsepower, 2 horsepower pump pulls water from the skimmer into the filter, but then there's nowhere for the water to go because the return line is not functioning. And what happens is that the filter PSI starts to rise rapidly. I mean, you're going from 0 to 40 in a split second, and then it starts to continue to rise, and this could cause the filter tank to explode on the spot, which could cause a fatality. If you around a fiberglass filter and it explodes, the shards would probably take you out. So you want to be really careful that the return lines of your service accounts never get deadheaded. So one was this weird plumbing where the builder put water features with the return line, and the customer actually broke the tab off and turned it to where the return line was completely turned off. Now, fortunately, this happened over the weekend, and this was one of my Monday pools. I have a few pools on Monday. I got there. I turned the pool on because I always turn the pool on myself, and right away, the filter gauge went from 0 to 40, you know, just like that in a split second. I quickly reached over and turned it off, then I looked at the equipment, and I noticed where the problem was, and I corrected it, and I put a new handle on, but that could have been a very dangerous situation if I wasn't the one turning it on because if they left it on for a minute that filter would have probably exploded at that point. There was another pool, and this was probably the only thing that saved me, was that it was a Stay right System 3 filter. And if you have any of these on your pool route, they're the black filters with the eight clamps on there. And the plastic is probably, you know, the thickest plastic I've ever seen in a filter. It could probably survive a nuclear blast. But this pool, what happened was a part from the heater actually snapped off and jammed the check valve closed. And so the check valve for the return line wasn't opening, because there was a heater component that actually broke off and got jammed in there. Not very common. This is something I've been doing pools forever, so you're going to run into things like this once in a while. And so I turned on the filter, and you can see the filter actually bulging. I mean, this System 3 filter with the clamps, it actually bulged a little bit. And if it didn't have those eight clamps, and if it wasn't a System 3 filter, it probably would have exploded in the equipment room, and I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. But the deadheading of the return line is something that can be very dangerous. Now I'll tell you the one that I did it was my fault. I was cleaning a cartridge filter. It had a lot of the cypress trees in and around the area and so the pool was full of cypress tree droppings. They're just like the green leafy droppings. They're they're brown when they're dead. And so the pump basket always got full with them even you know with my best efforts. And so the cartridge filter actually had a bunch of them in inside there. That were not broken down or captured and what happened i took the cartridges out i wasn't careful so a few of the small cypress droppings or i guess leaves and they're not really leaves it's like a, a green plant basically i want to call them leaves got into the filter return and so when i put the cartridges back in i turned on the pump it went from zero to 30 like right away it turned it off because i knew there was a problem at that point and i realized you know that, there's something blocking it but it's got to obviously be debris from my filter clean there was a hayward salt cell I unscrewed it, and sure enough, you can see all the cypress leaves, I'll call them leaves, I guess, for sake of a better term, stuck inside the salt cell, and this caused, of course, no water to return to the pool. So just be very careful when you're cleaning a filter that nothing gets stuck in the return, and you, you want to make sure you don't clog it. But deadheading the return line is a dead deadly situation, and you have to really be on top of it right away to prevent the filter from exploding and possibly causing a fatality. So those are the most extreme things I can think of for this podcast. And there's probably plenty more that I could put on here, and I'll probably do a follow-up one eventually. But I think be aware of these things. Some can potentially ruin your investment. Others can, of course, take you out and be fatal. So you don't want to have any of these happen to you out there. And just use caution. And if you do pool service, be vigilant of a dead-headed return line. That's the one that I always am afraid of. But I think just being aware of some of these things that can happen is one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and protect your pool. If you're looking for other podcasts I've recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingprolearning.com. Just click on the podcast banner. That'll take you to a drop down menu of other podcasts I've recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program that I offer, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. And God bless. Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's get skimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.